You're a little older and a lot wiser. The future is yours. Define aging on your own terms. Welcome to AARP Without Limits with your host, Mike Olander. Hello and welcome. This is AARP Without Limits, WPTF Talk Radio, disrupting aging with the power of 50,000 watts. And our podcast available anytime on demand at WPTF.com or through our Facebook, AARP North Carolina. I'm your host, Mike Olander. I'm the state director of AARP North Carolina. And we have a great program for you today, folks. Mark Hensley of AARP North Carolina is with us to talk about AARP's Community Challenge Grant and how it can help fund your local improvements there in your community. But before we get to that, as always, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined here in the studio with my partner in crime and esteemed production engineer, Mr. Jason Kong. Jason, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mike. How's everything in your world? Oh, I have to say I'm enjoying this mild weather that we're having right now. And yes, folks, at the time that we are recording this pre-recorded program, it's about 70 degrees outside, which is, uh, what are you thinking about that, Jason? How are you feeling about it? I'm, I'm loving it. Hey, more the more we can get of this, the better. I, I love the mild temperatures. I have to say I'm feeling a little thawed out from it in a good way. And by that, I mean, in, uh, recently I was uh, just a handful of days ago, I was up north uh, visiting uh, with a friend and... Um, they got some bad weather. As you might recall, Jason, last week, a whole big chuck section of the country got a lot of wintry weather, sub-zero temperatures, of course, which made the Iowa caucuses very interesting, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, big cold snap and a lot of precipitation. And uh, up in the Northeast, they got some snow. And so uh, they're, you know, dealing with the cold temperatures and, you know, a bit of the wind and all of that and uh, some snowfall, about four or five inches there. And so... Um, there we are. We're, we're staying there at my friend's. There's a pretty large driveway in need of some some shoveling or snow blowing. And lo and behold, in the garage, there is a snow blower, Jason, that uh, I guess was purchased a few years ago, but never used. Um, and I go check it out. All right, let's get this baby, uh, you know, see what this thing can do, right? See if we can make some short work of this, uh, this driveway here. Well, Jason, um, as I mentioned, it was brand new, never been used before. It wasn't fully assembled. So oh, every, no. everything all together, everything was all good, except the chute, you know, that, that, that deflects the snow in the direction that you needed to was not installed and the hardware was missing. So I'm a, I'm a resourceful guy, Jason. I'm running through, I'm going through all these nuts and bolts and things, trying to figure out something. Nothing is working. Right. And of course, this is one of these things, you know, it's a very specialized piece of hardware that only this company makes or whatever, you know? So I'm like, okay, so I'm looking outside and I'm like, well, there's a breeze out that, you know, I'm thinking here, why not? What the hell, Jason? Let me, let me go ahead and, and see if I can use this thing without the chute, you know? And basically, just so you know, what that means is, you know, there's a hole right in the center of this thing aiming up. So when you use it, you push it forward, it's basically like a volcano, right? The snow goes straight up into the air, <laughs> much like a volcanic blast. And, um, so I'm like, all right, let me let me try this out. So I start going, and I'm like, all right, this is going, and this thing's shooting up pretty high too. It's it's kind of, kind of amusing, kind of fun. Well, um, that enjoyment lasted for about a minute, Jason, because um, you know the the wind turned, and um, I'll have to say, within seconds, Jason, uh, my black sweatpants, my mm-hmm. black coat, my black gloves, my black beanie, all covered, my face completely covered in white. 
right? As if I had been doing snow angels face down in the snow. It was so bad, literally, that I just started laughing because I realized both how unproductive this was and how ridiculous I looked there. Um, but still, I managed to, you know, work it out a little bit and, um, and um, you know, kind of work some parts of the driveway and the walkway and, and, and did shoveling for the rest and, and all of that. Um, and uh, I... You know, so it wasn't a complete loss. You know, a little bit of amusement at my expense, but that's okay, right? So um, wound up uh, having a really good experience, though. Called up the company, um, ordered the part, you know, all of that, and and it's on its way there now. So hopefully there'll be some snowfall later on this this season, that where I can try it out and see what a true snow blowing experience is like. I'm really looking forward to having that problem completely resolved. And I say this, Jason, because um. You know, I've uh, been doing some reading uh, on the topic of, um, you know, uh, problem solving and how that, how human satisfaction and happiness, uh, there have been studies that have shown that problem solving is an important part of that. People are by nature problem solvers and it feels good, right? You have a tech, we had a little bit of a technical problem here, Jason. I'm sure you got a little slight uh, bit of satisfaction by finding the adapter you needed for my headphones here. Oh, there it is. Okay, boom, we're all set. Um the error that a lot of human beings make is thinking that they can resolve all their problems and that's going to bring them happiness when actually it's very short-sighted. You want to replace bad problems with good problems, right? And, uh, you know, if you're overweight, unhealthy, whatever, that's a problem. You start going to the gym, you start eating better. Well, you lose the weight, you're healthier. Oh no, now I got a new problem, Jason. I need all new clothes. That's a good problem to have, right? And uh, likewise, when we look at things like aging here in America and how the country is aging and how communities need to adapt and figure out how in the world they're going to deal with a greater percentage of their population being people who are 65 and older who need access to certain services and features is a problem. And fortunately, AARP is part of the solution on that. And so we can help replace that big problem, bad problem with some, you know, good problems that are smaller and easier to manage. One of those solutions that AARP offers is something called the AARP Community Challenge Grant. And to talk about this today, I am delighted to have back on the show AARP North Carolina's Associate State Director, the leader of all AARP work in the triad region of the state, Mr. Mark Kensley. Mark, thank you for being with us today. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me back on the show again. Really appreciate it. Mark, for the sake of clarity for our audience, let's just quickly begin what talking about your title and your job is, because most likely people don't know what an associate state director at AARP is. What is it that you do with AARP, just so folks know? So for the for the listeners that don't know, AARP is powered by approximately 60,000 dedicated volunteers across the country. Yet as an organization, we only have a couple of thousand paid staff. So I'm one of those staff members who work at the grassroots level in community with about 53 volunteers here in the 15 counties that make up North Carolina's triad region. Um, as a team, we hold workshops, we advocate with elected officials, and really truly as a team represent the mission of AARP to enhance uh, the quality of life for all people as they age, regardless of their age, and to strive to lead positive social change and really deliver value to our members through advocacy, through service, and through information. So that's what I do. 
Great. Well put, Mark. A part of your work with ARP North Carolina has been helping local communities and counties in the triad become more livable and more what we call age friendly. Uh, what are some of that this past year? You know, there's been a lot going on. What are some of the highlights in your mind from the last year that you'd like to share with our audience? Sure. So for the readers and the listeners that may not know this, um, uh, level, that term livable may be unfamiliar to you. Let me give you a simple example. You're driving down the road or you're going for a walk and the, the sidewalk has a cutout curb so that you can transition from the sidewalk down to the street and then back up again without having to take a step up. That is equally as important to a mom with a jogging stroller as it is to a person who's using a walker or some other device for mobility. That's a very simple example of a livable improvement in a community. So you asked me to highlight a few uh, from the last year here in the triad. The first one that comes to mind is the city of Archdale. Now that's in Randolph County, so it's a rural area. They joined the age-friendly network with AARP in 2021. Since then, they have worked with a consultant to complete a new comprehensive plan for which the city was intentional about constructing this plan within the eight domains of livability, giving a nod to the ever-growing older adult population that is growing in this small town. Um, Furthermore, they received on-site technical assistance from a contractor called Team Better Block out of Dallas. And they did that to get improvements to their parks, to improve pedestrian safety on their main street, and to really do some long-range planning for the city as they see not only their, their population grow, but also people relocating from other parts of the country. Uh, so bringing in different cultures, uh, I, I know they're putting in a, a a cricket court, didn't know there was such a thing, because that, that sport is becoming very popular in their area uh, with their citizens. The next one is the city of Mount Airy. So those that, of us that grew up watching the Andy Griffith show, um, Mount Airy is actually the fictitious town of Mayberry, um, mm. and the town is really showcasing that you know this that show was using uh many of the storefronts and and uh, examples from May, uh, mount airy to really be the backdrop for this long-running black and white tv show but they've really capitalized uh their tourism by joining the age-friendly network in 2019 they have intentionally invested in improvements to support their th- thriving town through tourism. So what are they doing? It's beautification of alleyways. They're providing seating that's shaded, outdoor dining outside of their restaurants. Uh, They've improved the walkability all over the town. And they're most known for their expanding paved trail that really connects one side of the city to the other side of the city with a looped walkway that passes not one, but three elementary schools. So it's promoting outdoor spaces, it's promoting walkability, and it's also intergenerational. And I would be remiss to not mention the third one is the city of Winston-Salem. During the pandemic, they were awarded a Fitlot exercise installation from AARP. This was done as recognition of AARP's 60th anniversary, and the gift of the city uh, was to the Parks and Recreation Department. It's an outdoor stretching and fitness installation that is prominent 
Uh, it promotes outdoor spaces. It promotes exercise. And it's placed in a community where there's a real intergenerational connection uh, with multi-use housing, an elementary school, as well as a park and rec brick and mortar facility. So those are just three here in the triad. I could tell you about others, but we're very fortunate here in this part of the state that this movement has really, really taken hold and improved the lives of people as they age. Well put, Mark, and great examples there to share as we know that the country is aging and people think about this as a problem that Washington needs to solve or even the state needs to solve, but really real life happens in communities and, and improvements both big and small make a big difference in how livable a community is for people of all ages and abilities. When we come back, folks, we are going to continue our conversation with Mark Hensley. This is AARP Without Limits. We'll be right back. And we are back. This is AARP Without Limits. Folks, just a reminder, we always love to hear from you. If you have a question, if you have a comment, if you have a suggestion or recommendation for a future topic or guest for the program, please send us an email. AARP Without Limits at aarp.org. We've been speaking today with Mark Hensley. He's the Associate State Director for AARP North Carolina, based in the triad, and he's been speaking with us about how uh, communities are making changes to help make um, their, their communities more livable for people of all ages and abilities. And we're specifically now going to get into something called the Community Challenge Grant. Mark, this is now eight years in the running. Uh, AARP has uh, enhanced its support of communities seeking to become more age-friendly, with this grant, uh, can you give us the basics about the Community Challenge Grant? You got it. The AARP Challenge Grants provide small grants to fund quick action projects that can help communities become more livable for all people as they age. So the, the season has opened up. They are accepting applications. And there are three categories that I just want to highlight first are flagship grants. And these are grants that range from a few hundred dollars for small short-term projects up to tens of thousands of dollars. So think about creating vibrant public places. Think about housing options that increase accessibility. A new area is digital connectiveness. So connecting and expanding high-speed internet and improving and closing that digital divide. Um, this could also be supporting improved disaster management. And lastly, improving community health and economic empowerment that supports residents' financial well-being and health. Next are capacity building micro-grants. So combining $2,500 in grants with other resources, this provides opportunities to really change the community through one would be bike audits. That's a new pro program out of AARP, making communities more bikeable. Next is home fit modification. This is about teaching people how to make simple modifications in their home to make it a lifelong home. And then third is walk audits. Most towns have sidewalks that need repairs. Walk audits allow volunteers to take an assessment and then turn that into the municipality for making those improvements. And then the third category of the challenge, challenge grants are demonstration grants. Gail, these projects encourage replication of promising practices that benefit residents. So we're talking again about enhancing the digital connectivity and responding to disasters. 
of uh, people, especially those 50 plus and the importance of disaster preparedness and resilience. Or secondly, um, facilitating equitable engagement to reconnect communities that have been divided by the massive expansion of our interstate highway system, which unfortunately has affected often urban neighborhoods nationwide, particularly ones that are predominantly black or have poor residents. So that uh, implementation is taking a real critical look at how the highway system impacted some communities across the nation. And then lastly, uh, understanding the benefits of a variety of housing options, such as um, accessory dwelling units, the missing middle, tiny homes, and many other solutions to provide um, affordable housing to people as they age. Thank you, Mark, for that overview. And as our, our listeners, I'm sure, understood there, there's a wide range of opportunities here. You know, we're talking about things like bike audits and walk audits, home fit, like home modifications, uh, use of public public spaces, transportation, housing, digital connections, a wide range of things that are essential for people to be active and engaged in their communities. And uh, one of the things about the Community Challenge Grant, uh, and, and just so folks know, there's more than 1,300 grants that have been, uh, pro- grant projects that have been funded in the last eight years by AARP. This is the eighth year, uh, or in seven years, this is the eighth year that we're doing this year now. And um, Mark, as you mentioned, you know, these these projects, you know, these are local projects. This isn't, you know, a one-size-fits-all type of, you know, government approach. This is literally local communities deciding that they have a need. Um, they want to make improvements to their community. Some of them are big improvements. Some of them are small improvements like, you know, benches and parks and things like that. Um, maybe they have some money, but they need more. Um, and this is an opportunity for, for an organization like ARP to come in, help fill that financial need so they have what they need um, and they can move on and, um, and, uh, and actually get that improvement. Mark, what kinds of organizations can apply for the Community Challenge Grant? So it's very specific. Any type of nonprofit, so that's a 501c3, 501c4, 501c6, but you must be registered as a nonprofit with the U.S. IRS uh, to receive these funds. Or you could be a government entity, so city, county, or state, um, they will take into consideration at AARP other organizations on a case-by-case basis, but this is not for for-profit entities. This is for the nonprofit and governmental entities. And um, for those who are interested, and I'm sure there are those because we have folks who may be part of a, a church organization that's active that wants to help improve the community or um, um uh, you know, a, a neighborhood improvement association that's looking for something, or as you mentioned, a, a governmental entity, right? A, a, a parks and rec department that doesn't have all the funding that they need or, or, or would like to explore more opportunities. Um, for folks who are listening, who are interested, can you tell us a little bit about the process and the timelines that they need to know about for this grant? Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, the, the best way, instead of me giving you a long website, just Google AARP Challenge Grants, and that will take you to the portal where there's all the information um, of how to apply. It is a portal that allows you to apply um, right there without sending in a pen to paper. So the challenge grant process um, actually just opened up, 
and applicants have until 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to uh, on March the 6th to get those applications in. Again, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on March the 6th, and then we will pull those applications and begin the process of sorting those and uh, making determinations and making our recommendations up to the national office. Great. And Mark, where can people go for more information? I know our Facebook and so forth in the past has had uh, like a Facebook Live Q&A sessions for people who have questions about the process. Is uh, that that's something we can expect again? Yes, and the resources at on the AARP Challenge Grant site are amazing. There are examples from past years. There are videos. And, it, you know, if someone had a specific question, they just want to email me. My, my email is super easy. It is mhensley, my last name, m-h-e-n-s-l-e-y, at aarp.org. Shoot me an email. Happy to navigate folks' questions. Uh, I love this work. I've been in the livable space for most of my career, and I really love this part of my work at AARP. Well, you are very good at it, too, uh, my friend. Mark, you have an incredible volunteer network out there in the triad. For those listeners who may be in that part of the state, how can they connect with you, aside from your email address? or, or I guess you mentioned your email address here. Yep. But uh, what else can you tell about, about the volunteer network um, in the well, last minute it, that we've got here? Yeah, they're incredible folks with lots of varying backgrounds from school teachers to retired school professors, um, you know, folks that worked in business and industry as well as government. Hey, let me throw out my phone number because I take calls all the time from our members and from the community, 919-798-9424. Again, I'll say 919-798-9424. And I look forward to hearing from folks because AARP is here for all people not just people 50 and older, but people as they age. Great, Mark. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for the information there. And again, folks, uh, aarp.org slash community challenge, or if you just Google AARP and community challenge grant, you'll get all the information that you need very, very quickly. Well, that is a wrap. Thank you to Mark Hensley for being our guest today. Thank you to Jason Kong for production. And as always, thank you for listening. This has been AARP Without Limits. I'm Mike Olander with AARP North Carolina. We'll see you next time.